never let them stop your grind And when it's time, don't ever let them stop your shine Why? Cause you work hard to get there When you get stuck, look up, don't just sit there There's haters regardless, just do what you do You ain't through till it's finished, man, that's what winners do Hey guys, and welcome back to Maddie Casanzo's podcast. I have an amazing special guest with me here today. Um, I'll let him introduce himself. So let's jump straight into it. Hello. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. Um, yeah, my name's Bronson Dewar. I run the motocross conditioning coach and also am the creator of the MX Fit program. Yeah, pretty much I'm just a motocross rider, have been a motocross rider my whole entire life. And in the last eight or so years have transitioned into being a strength strength and conditioning and mindset coach specific for motocross riders. Yeah, that's so cool. I think that's why we clicked on Instagram. We get along really well now. (laughs) All the mindset stuff. All right. So... We're going to jump straight into some questions. So, guys, today um, we're going to also record the video, so hopefully I can pop it up and we can have some snippets as well. Um, but also we're going to have this out on our Apple Podcasts and also the Spotify um, podcast channel. So, first question for you. We got some question and answers off Instagram, okay? So, these are from young riders, all different ages um, or different skill levels. Um, just asking the expert that we have here, uh, all the fun questions. So the first one is, what are some pre-race snacks? Yeah, definitely a really important one, um, making sure that we can fuel our bodies properly so that we have energy there for our races and stuff like that. So the biggest thing to really understand when we're going to choose a pre-race snack is that it needs to be a fast absorption carbohydrate basically. So um, it depends on what you want to do as far as that goes. But a few options are like fruits are really good, apples, bananas, things like that. Um, Quest bars are a really good option as well. Um, You get a few other nutrients and stuff like that in there with Quest bars too. And um, even just the good old lolly is also a really good option. Yes, my favorite. Um, So Yeah, just understanding that it doesn't, like on race day, nutrition doesn't have to be quote-unquote healthy um, as well. We're more concerned in in making sure that we're getting the energy and the nutrients that we really need at that given point in time into our body. Yeah, cool. I really like that. That's awesome because, yeah, a lot of people go as soon as they see like a lolly or something bad, they're like, oh, that's going to hinder my performance. But sometimes that little sugar rush is like exactly what you need at that time. So I love how you said that. Um, And they've also kind of added into that question. They said, how can I fuel my body for a day of racing? So is there something that maybe they should eat first in the morning? So like a bigger breakfast or something or how how can they eat throughout the day to obviously keep their energy levels like high? Yeah, so definitely race day nutrition starts in the morning or even all the way back to the day before as well. Yeah. So um, there's the, um, I guess it's sort of an old sort of term uh, around carbohydrate loading. So making sure that um, for around about one to two days, depending on how big the race event is, you can actually increase your carbohydrate intake um, for those one to two days leading into a race day. But once again, when we start to talk about our breakfast for the actual race day, we need to just prioritize carbohydrates once again. Okay. So 
Cereals are a simple option if you want to go down that path. Yeah. Um, smoothies and things like that are also really, really good. Um, but we just want to be mindful that we don't want to have too high a fibre intake on race days as well, just because that's a little bit harder to digest. Okay. Um, that's not for everybody, but if we're sort of giving a general guideline for people, I would suggest something that's a little bit lower fibre, just that it's a little bit easier to digest and we don't have to worry about any stomach issues on race day, which is not something we want to worry about. <laughs> yeah, of course not, I'm sure. Um, so when also I had this question, it's not actually a question, I just have this one in my head. Um, when you're like uh, fueling your body on race day, uh, do you believe in like supplements or like BCAAs or um, those little gel pack things? Do you tell any of your riders to have some of those? Because I've been asked that question before. Um, yeah, so I don't know. What's your opinion on that? Yeah, it just depends on the individual once again and also the type of event. So on for motocross specifically, um, gels and supplements are not that necessary because we do have a decent break in between our races. So we yeah. do have that time to sort of down-regulate our body and um, sort of put ourselves into a state where we can actually consume some proper food and yeah. things like that. Cool. So supplements aren't that big of an issue on race days. Um, sometimes in the middle of summer, so in those really hot months, a lot of people will struggle to get food in. So that's where supplements, so um, things like a uh, sports drinks and um the gel packs like Endura gels yeah. and things like that can be useful because you might struggle to actually get food in. Yeah, so course. that's just cool. a way that we can get the nutrients that we need in. But, um, yeah, the only time that I would like 100% recommend it is if you're doing like enduro racing. So you're riding yeah. for several hours straight. And you've only The only rest time you've really got is when you stop in for fuel stops and things like that. And that's where you just need to get that really quick hit of carbs and things like that as well. So, yeah, that's the only time that I really recommend those. Yeah. But they are definitely useful and they do have a place in your race day nutrition. Yeah, cool. Awesome. I like that. All right. Now we're going to jump into the second question. So um, obviously you said you're a strength coach, so this is going to be an awesome question for you. Um, are you are weight training important? And for when I ride, like should I be doing weight training? That's pretty much what they're asking. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. um, honestly, so – Weight training is one of the main big key elements of performance. So basically the main benefits that you actually really get from strength training. So when we strength train, we learn how to move properly. It's one of the biggest things that we learn from strength training. So we dial in our movement patterns so that when we go and we perform similar movement patterns again over on the bike, we can do them more efficiently, which is probably where one of the biggest gains actually comes from, from strength training, is just being able to move more efficiently um, on the bike. And that's where we learn this efficiency in the controlled, safe environment of the gym. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the biggest benefits. Uh, but also increasing our strength actually has a huge effect on increasing our endurance on the bike. So the biggest example that I can sort of give there is, say it takes a certain amount of effort for you now 
to perform the movement on the bike, let's say landing off a jump and you've got to absorb the forces yeah. from when you land off the jump. Mm-hmm. Um, and that takes a certain amount of effort on your behalf. Now, let's say you go and get stronger so that way, that way when we land off that exact same jump, that effort that it takes to absorb that force becomes less. Course, so we yeah. can do more of it before we're going to fatigue, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I'm a massive believer in weight training, no matter obviously what sport you do, or even if you don't play a sport, like I think weight training is super important. Um, yes, I'm seeing now that I've been exposed to obviously the motocross world, how many people haven't done it. And now that they've started doing weight training, like what a difference it actually has done for them on the bike. Like it's insane. It's so cool. Yeah, another huge, huge, huge benefit as well, and there's a bit of a lesser known benefit of strength training is injury prevention as well. Yeah, of course. (laughs) So what actually happens as part of the adaptation of strength training, if you do it properly and safely, is we actually increase all the strength of our connective tissues. So that's all your ligaments and tendons and things like that in all your joints. So... Yeah, in the event of a crash, we're a lot less likely to get any tears and strains and stuff like that. And we also yeah. actually increase our bone density as well yeah. when we strength train. So, yeah, you're actually going to be less likely to get a bone break as well in the event of a crash. It's so, awesome. yeah, huge benefits there as far as longevity and consistency of your whole race season. Yeah, of course. I like say to one, um, <clears throat> not even just my riders, just like all my kids in general, but mainly my riders because they have higher chances of crashing is um, you want to be able to b- bounce, not break. So that's like one of our little quotes that we say now with strength training. Obviously, a lot of like mobility and recovery and stuff, stuff like that is like when you come off the bike, you want to be able to bounce. So um, yeah, yeah, super important. I like that. Yeah, definitely. I call it bulletproofing the body. That's my term. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Look, we got two going now. So the kids, you can say that yeah. in your heads next time. You don't want to train, think about that. <laughs> um, yeah, all right. It. So leading on from that question, so we just spoke about weight training. Now we're going to talk about cardio because someone's asked, what's the best cardio training for me as a rider? So what's your take on that? Yeah, so it's a bit of a hard question, that one, because there's really no one answer for yeah cardio or endurance is sort of the better way to sort of term that, I guess. Um, But to give a really simple answer is you need to have three forms of endurance training present. So (laughs) the first one is your long distance cardio training. So just to give a really simple example is if you go for a cycle or a jog or something like that for an extended period of time. So 20, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, up, upwards towards like an hour, yeah. um, depending on how long your races that you're training for are. So that's the first form. Yeah. The second form that you can use is medium distance intervals. So medium distance intervals could be on a time base, could be anywhere between your sort of one minute mark all the way up to three to four minutes um, of intervals. And you would do around about a one-to-one or a two-to-one work-to-rest ratio in there. And then you've got your short intervals, which is your really 
uh, sort of your 10 to 30 seconds upwards pushing into a minute uh, for an interval work length as well. And that's where you would have longer rest periods. So you would do a one to two work rest ratio or even all the way up to like a one to four or one to five work rest ratio and stuff like that as well. Um, So once again, like that's a super simple explanation there, but just knowing that you need to have all three of those present because those three uh, ways of training your cardio or endurance are going to train different energy systems and all of those need to be trained and developed for your racing. Of course. Yeah. So um, I love that. And adding kind of onto that is, would you pick a certain type of machine? Obviously it is limited if you only have access to a spin bike, say, or a rower or anything like that. But is there kind of like um, a machine that you would pick maybe one over the other? So like when I think about it, I like to um, get my riders on like the rowers and ski ergs and the air bikes because I feel like they're more similar to obviously being on a bike. Like, yeah, stationary bike's good, but they're just pedaling their legs, you know, like their upper body's not really doing anything. But where when you're on the motocross track, I feel like obviously your whole body's working. So would you think one is more like superior than the other or? Yeah, 100%. And I definitely agree there around the whole idea that the spin bike isn't the most ideal. Um, Yeah, so rowing machine is probably one of my personal favourites just due to the simple fact that the actual movement pattern that you perform on the rowing machine is very, very similar to a lot of the main movements that we do on the bike. Yeah. So we're um, hinging at the hips and we're rowing, so using those upper back muscles, yeah. which is super, super important for our riding. So just trying to get it as close to what we do in our sport is really, really important because we are still training the muscles when we're cardio training. Yeah. So we want to be able to try and create endurance in those similar kind of muscles and similar movement patterns as well. So yeah, rowing machines, my favorite closely followed by the assault bike and then also the ski erg as well. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. So I'm glad I was on the right track with that as well. (laughs) It's good to know (laughs) from the expert. All right. One last question before we jump into some, some questions I personally have for you. So the last one from Instagram was how can I get rid of arm pump? Now I've heard this a lot. So I'm hoping there's a good answer to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's a huge one. Um, basically, the, the the short answer is there is no magic pill for getting rid of arm pump. Yeah. But so obviously this is a huge thing and something that I personally help riders with on a daily basis with a lot of different people. Yeah. So what we've basically brought it down to is there's three aspects that you need to work on in order to get rid of arm pump. And this basically comes down to around my MX fit system that I use as well, which is your mind, body and bike. So being that arm pump. So starting with the mind, a lot of the times arm pump is a huge mindset issue in the simple fact that, so you're holding on too tight to the bars because you're not comfortable you're in a stressed state, you're not confident in yourself, your abilities, what the bike's going to do, all those kinds of things. So you need to work on those areas 
so that you can have more confidence in yourself and your abilities on the bike and what the bike's going to do. So you can actually just relax on the bike and not ride so tense. So there's a lot more to it than that. But yeah, just knowing that there is that aspect and it is probably (laughs) one of the biggest reasons for why you are getting arm pump. Yeah, I love Uh, that. Like if I, um, sorry to interrupt. I literally think if this is the only part of this whole podcast, that's probably my favorite, like already is like your mindset. You know, I didn't, I've never thought of it like that. And that is such a cool thing, like for you to have obviously worked out and assessed and realized that that is, that is an issue. That's amazing. Well done. I love that. That's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. It's such a huge aspect. And even just down to the simple, like as another example is that like, if you're writing and you're thinking, don't squeeze the bars, don't squeeze the bars or don't get arm pump, don't get arm pump. Yeah. Even though you're saying don't like you don't want those things yeah all your con- subconscious mind hears is squeeze the bars <laughs> yeah or yeah get arm pump it yeah. doesn't hear the don't don't part so yeah. all you're doing is you're basically just telling your subconscious mind that that's the outcome that's going to happen yeah wow. and so, so inevitably cool. it's just going to happen yeah so there's also that concept of your internal dialogue and self-talk and the stories that you tell yourself and all that are also a massive aspect towards arm pump as well. Yeah, of course. I love it. Thank you. All right, you can continue. Sorry. (laughs) I just love that. um, (laughs) And then we've got the body aspect. So that's where it basically comes into what we can do in our training off the bike to help us to eliminate arm pump. So, yes, arm pump is a physiological thing that -hmm. happens to us so it's um the fact that we have more blood flowing into the muscle than we can pull out of the muscle so one of the things we can do is we can increase our aerobic endurance which increases our body's efficiency and ability to pump blood around the body so that's a really big aspect that can really help with arm pump the other thing is we can work on our movement and strength on the bike as well Mm -hmm. so Uh, that similar sort of idea that I spoke about before with the weight training, we get stronger and we uh, dial in our movement patterns so that we move more efficiently on the bike. So that means that when we are moving on the bike, we're going to just naturally start using the bigger muscles through our upper back and our posterior chain to maneuver around on the bike and distribute weight and all those kinds of things as opposed to using the small little muscles in our hands and arms and stuff like that. So that's a huge aspect. And then the other thing that we've found has been really, really helpful for a lot of riders recently is working on wrist mobility is a big one as well. So making sure that you have strong and mobile wrists so that they can actually move freely and that when you do take them close to your end range of motion, that you're not putting a block and a restriction um, to the blood flow and stuff like that as well. So we've seen some really awesome results and progression with people's arm pump by doing some daily mobility work on the wrists. Yeah, wow, well. cool. That's a big one. Yeah, awesome. I like that one too. Yeah. And then just to wrap it up, we've also got the bike. So that just comes down to the fact that we need to be technically sound on the bike. So that's where it's just so important to be going off and getting some coaching 
and some technique correction and stuff like that on the bike on a regular basis and making sure that you're being uh, diligent and really focused on your own uh, technique and stuff like that on the bike when you're riding too because technique is what creates efficiency on the bike and allows you to do things on the bike properly. So, yeah, huge aspect. And then you've also just got the simple idea that you just need to have your bike set up properly as well. So, um, like, yeah, you've got to have your controls all set up properly. You don't want to have your um, levers too high so that you're cranking your wrists all the time, which can block things up, which comes into that wrist mobility idea. But then you've also just got to make sure that your bike is actually going to work with you and not against you. So that comes into setting up your suspension and all those things as well because sometimes you just can be fighting the bike yeah. when you shouldn't You shouldn't be. Yeah, it's so like energy wasting. that's a really big aspect as well. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. I love them. All three. I, I bet anyone that's going to listen to this now has got a lot of thinking and some more learning to do after today, I reckon. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you um, for those questions for the guys that obviously sent them in on Instagram. Um, I hope that has helped. But now we're going to jump into some questions from me because I like picking the brain of my guests as well. Um, So this this question got asked me like a year ago and I actually thought it was really good because I never thought about this before. Um, But the first question is, what's one thing that you've learned that now you know isn't correct or isn't right so it's like when you're a newbie you know you always you think this is the right way to do something or whatever and then later you realize that oh okay maybe that wasn't how i should do it but you know like learning and adapting is a cool thing um but what's one thing maybe that you learned that now you know isn't right yeah definitely so i think the biggest realization that i've had around that is the simple fact that you do need to have this holistic approach like i just explained with the mind body bike with the arm pump yeah. So, yeah, like in the past, like I mainly focused on the strength and conditioning and nutrition and stuff like that. Um, and it's only been in the last uh, year or so that I've really made that huge realization that just working on those aspects isn't enough to give you the results that you need. You need yeah. to be incorporating all three of those different aspects into your program yeah. in order to get the real results that you want. So that's that's probably the biggest thing is, um, yeah, I was really struggling with the fact that, like, I knew that all our performance markers with the riders were going up, we were getting stronger, fitter, all these yeah. things. But then we just weren't 100% putting it together on race days. Yeah. So that's this, this system and this way of doing things has really fixed that problem and helped our riders to put the whole thing together as a full package. Yeah, cool. I like that. It's always good to know when you've like, not wrong, but when you can like improve on something too. I think that's a really mature thing that you can be able to do. And like for riders too, you know, being open to not always being correct and being open to obviously like coaching and change is, is what's going to make you excel in the future. Yeah, and it just comes down to self-evaluation as well. So that's how I came about this realisation is just not being so stubborn yeah. in the fact that like, oh, what I'm doing is right, yeah. but actually having that self-evaluation and going, okay, well, what can we actually be doing better to improve this? Of course, yeah. No, I like that. I think evaluating is super important both in your performance but also in yourself as well. Yeah, yeah, cool. Definitely. All right, the next question. So what actually got you into MX? So um, like obviously I've had a little stalk of your Instagram, but like what, what was your um, 
you know, there's always a backstory to something. So what's yours? Yeah, cool. So, um, yeah, unlike most people that get into motocross, um, my parents had nothing to do with riding or any kind of mechanical background or anything like that at all. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah. It just so happened that um, I grew up, my parents, we lived on a little bit of land, not a huge block. We're only on two and a half acres, only yeah. small, but big enough for when I was five years old to go get a little Peewee 50. Yeah, cool. Um, and, yeah, I just sort of started riding around the uh, house when I was younger, and yeah. then it got to the stage where um, Dad was like, oh, you probably should go learn some proper skills, started getting some coaching. One thing led to another. We ended up racing. And, um, yeah, I ended up racing pretty seriously into my teenage years. Yeah. Um, dropped off for a few years when I had to finish school and go get an apprenticeship and a job and yeah, all those okay. kinds of yeah. things. But, um, yeah, it sort of was always a huge passion of mine um, and I was still racing a bit and training and all those kinds of things. But, yeah, it's just sort of the whole progression, I guess. It's yeah. just once you're in motocross, it's hard to get out of it. It's sort of in your blood, I guess. Yeah, it's like that thirst to always go back. I think that's yeah. really like any sport, really. It's like the same with me. It's like I want to go back to football, but I don't think I should be. But, you know, after injuries and stuff. <laughs> but you always just want to go back. You just want to keep going. I get that. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Off. Yeah, injuries is a big one as well. Like I've, um, yeah, uh, against my wife's recommendations <laughs> she reckons i should stop riding but yep. um yeah it's just one of those things that um you just want to keep yeah going. you just can't stop i think yeah and it's good because it's like that's your release like you know that's where you have your your me time your time for yourself you know and you enjoy it and it's like a stress relief as well so it's hard to give that up when it obviously gives you so much back as well yeah that's it it's, a, it's an amazing sport that's for sure yeah cool all right two more questions to go this one uh why did you become a coach yeah, so it's actually a really interesting one and I actually only had a really big realisation on this one um, a couple of weeks ago in that okay. I actually was told at a younger age, so sort of late teens, by a lot of people, so my family and friends around me and stuff like that at the time that I should have actually been a coach. Um, okay. Just um, around the whole idea that, uh, it is something that I've always been good at communicating with people yeah. and, um, yeah, just helping riders and just helping people in general and just having that good communication with people and teaching. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I was told to do that at a young age, but, um, yeah, just a lot of like skewed self-belief, um, sorry, um, belief systems mm, yeah. and a lot of um, self-belief issues and stuff like that at the time. I just didn't believe that. I was good enough to okay, do it yeah. at that young age, um, which obviously looking back now, like that's obviously not true, but it was true yeah. to me at that time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it wasn't until I was doing a lot of self-taught stuff uh, for my own racing, doing a lot of um, like research, like just delving really deep into strength and conditioning and what um, like sport training and all that kind of yeah. stuff um, and even doing a lot of like online courses and stuff like that just for my own racing um, and my own training and stuff like that. And then I started having a couple of mates that I raced with at the time uh, see that what I was doing and want to come and join in and 
sort of participate with what I was doing and stuff like that. And it sort of just progressed from there and ended up going and getting certified and all that kind of stuff. Um, And then, yeah, I finished my electrical apprenticeship and dropped straight out of working and straight in full-time on coaching. So, yeah, it was was an interesting transition and something I definitely didn't expect to happen. Yeah, Yeah. But it sort of just fell into place as I sort of just went and was just doing what I wanted to be doing in the first place anyway. Yeah, cool. Yeah, kind of put you on your own path. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. But, yeah, having that realisation that it was actually something I was told to do years ago but yeah. just never did just it. took a bit of time, yeah. Because I just didn't think I was good enough. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's awesome. It's always interesting figuring out why people became coaches. I always love that question. Um, all right. Last one. So what's one bit of advice that you would give any writer? Yeah, cool. So the biggest one is get a coach. Cool. That's, that's just the best thing that anyone could ever do. Be a coach for your writing, be a coach for your fitness, um, whatever it is, get a coach because like as much as you may think that you can do it yourself there's always like you see it even at the highest level like they still have coaches like they're not just trying to train themselves like everyone needs a coach so yeah that's the biggest thing that you can do definitely awesome cool all right well that's it thanks so much for jumping onto the podcast this was I think this had way more information and like that I thought that was going to happen. This is so cool. I'm excited to post this one. I reckon this one's going to go wild. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really cool. I, like I said, um, I contacted you in the first place just because I was just loving all the stuff that you were doing as well and just thought that it was just going to gel yeah. really, really well. It worked really well. I love the I love the message. I remember in your message, like, we need to have a chat. And I was like, what's your idea? And you're like, I love that you <laughs> knew I had an idea. And that was cool. It was, um, it's awesome to be talking to you. And thank you so much for um, jumping onto my podcast. Um, and yeah, that's really it. So let's say bye and we'll wrap it up. See you guys. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Bye. Yo, never let them stop your grind. And when it's time, don't ever let them stop your shine. Why? Cause you work hard to get there. When you get stuck, look up. Don't just sit there. There's haters regardless, just do what you do You ain't through till it's finished, man That's what winners do